Welcome to the Probably Bad Podcast, a podcast which is definitely bad. I'm Pencil. I'm Paper. Today's Probably Bad RPG idea is... When a character drops to zero hit points, they can automatically succeed a death save by trading in a level. Survive, but you go down levels. Thanks to Tumbly. Submitted by Tumbly user Daydreaming Fox. So, I really like this. Because it's, it's a good way to have kind of lasting damage from, obviously, quite serious harm if you're down to zero hit points. Yeah, like, I think it's quite a good way to do disability without kind of some of the clunkiness that's been done when people try to mechanically do specific disabilities. Like, you have permanent injuries, and that's represented as not being able to do things you used to do beforehand, and then you recover over time. Mm. It's kind of levelling back up is almost like finishing your physio. Mm. Although that said, do considering you get specialisations at certain levels in Dungeons and Dragons, I'm just really enjoying the idea of someone almost dying as a cleric and going back before the special before specialisation and just being like. Okay, you know what? Fuck that so god. I almost I died. Like, I personally like the idea of levelling up into a different class. I got beaten up so thoroughly that now I have the blood of dragons and a sorcerer. I mean, I guess you could fluff it if you almost died of magic damage. Or maybe, like, it's one of those things where, like, your superpowers only get activated when you almost die. The other way I could think of doing it, rather than the um, more mundane, you've been damaged and now you're, you know, you've got long-term injuries, is death is an entity in universe, and by trading it memories and powers, you can come back to life. Which... So how how ephemeral are you getting with this? Could it be like, I will give you my ability to see colour? I mean, like, so the rules, of course, it has to be like my ability to shoot fireballs. But I do really like the idea of, yeah, I traded my ability to pick out musical tones to death. I mean, if you're a bard, that would suck. Hmm. But yeah, it's also a neat way of like explaining undead. Like it explains why the undead don't remember their previous lives because they've just had to trade everything about themselves to preserve their bodies. Yeah, I mean that would especially explain liches and like revenants. Mm. I mean, yeah. doubly so. Revenants is like I will give you everything about me except for my revenge mission. Yeah. And, like, yeah, it also explains why the undead turn evil, because they've also given up their conscience and morality and what have you. But, yeah, I think, yeah, it's a really neat idea of you can... Yeah, because you could even allow a kind of, as long as it doesn't interfere with the game too much, a kind of in-game negotiation thing, where you can trade a level or you can find something else equally valuable to trade. Oh, God, imagine... Your character's on their last death save, and you just hear, roll to negotiate with death. 
See, now I'm just imagining, like, a psychopomp who's like a carnival character who is just like, step right up. An extra 10 For years. For just the price of your memories of your son, you can live again. I like the idea of, like, just different, like, there's multiple psychopomps. It's just like this weird afterlife um, pyramid scheme business thing where they're all trying to get as much, like, appreciation of photographs or whatever it is to get up the levels. What if this is how minor gods become major gods? They just gain all of these various powers from people that almost die. Hmm. And then eventually they're just so strong that they ascend. Like, that's particularly neat if you combine it with the um, conceit in a lot of fantasy settings that humans can become gods or, like, you know, humanoid races. So it's just like, I can start buying up people's memories. Well, well, what you do is you learn the spell Spare the Dying. Hmm. And then you only use it on people if they'll give you just various of their abilities through some sort of magic fudging. Yeah. And then just you gradually go from cleric to deity because you've got... Because presumably it stacks. Yeah. Like, if you get enough people's dark vision, you get, like, the ability to see invisible things or something. Hmm. Like, I like, the the campaign that's just sprung to mind is essentially you are, like, a small business death trying to, like, outcompete the big death megacorporations. Does remind me of Grim Fandango, where, I don't know if you've played it? Like, I know of it. So basically the idea of Grim Fandango is... You're working as a psychopomp to pay off your afterlife debt so that you can then pay money to go to like the good afterlife. Mm. Like, yeah, there's a romantic subplot, but that's the, the gist of how the afterlife works in that game. I, f- I feel like we're basically creating Grim Fandango the RPG. I mean, there's probably worse things to make. But yes. Shall we do some questions? Yes. So, Uh, this first one comes to us anonymously from Tumblr. You can submit questions at probablybadrpgideas.tumblr.com or you can email uh, probablybadpodcast at gmail.com. And the question is, I want to include an NPC in my D&D game who's basically just Sonic the Hedgehog. But I need ideas on how to do this without my players noticing too fast. Any ideas? So my idea is you're, you're, you're a wizard. First light session, you cast haste on yourself a lot. And, you know, that's normal. That's a reasonable thing to do. And then you learn polymorph and you change yourself blue. And then you learn polymorph and then you cast polymorph again and you give yourself spines, and just keep gradually, every session, casting Polymorph again and giving yourself a different 
Sonic the Hedgehog feature. And then use Prestigitation to turn your clothes into Sonic the Hedgehog clothes and just steal everyone's rings. See, my my thinking was a little bit, I guess, a, a bit more doable, but at the same time silly. So you have a character that is an awakened hedgehog, been hit by a lot of wild magic and become, you know, sentient. And because that hedgehog has now become a wild magic sorcerer, it gets hit by some wild magic effects, like turning blue and getting taller. I like the implication. These are canonical wild magic effects, so an awakened hedgehog could just become Sonic, just accidentally, so why not do it on purpose? I like the idea that wild magic ultimately leads towards you becoming Sonic the Hedgehog. I mean, you played a wild magic sorcerer who did become tall and blue. Yeah. Like the <laughs> so ultimate goal of feasible. The ultimate goal of all magic is to turn things into Sonic the Hedgehog. Because you're a sorcerer, you'd also get a magic focus, so you could totally have like a gold ring, maybe with some, mm. some sort of magical emerald as your magic focus. I love the energy of going to your GM. Yeah, I want my magic focus to be the Chaos Emeralds. Well, this is an NPC, is is what yeah. they asked for. So yeah. it's more going to your DM and going, is that a Chaos Emerald? And obviously at some point you have the character that casts Heroes Feast and it's just all chili yeah. dogs. They just walk in, castrate food and water, and boom, it's just hundreds of chili dogs. This question is sent in via the email from HS. Hi, probably bad folks. I'm a first-time GM who just ran a one-shot of Honey Heist that got extended into a two-shot with completely new players who don't know what a tabletop RPG is. How do I punish or dissuade players from unbridled, unnecessary murder while keeping it a very light, zany game? Particularly as the party are all bears and see violence as their primary ability. Keeping with the theme, this was pro- this was a probably bad idea. Thanks. So my immediate thought, they're bears. If bears run around doing chaotic shit, some people are going to not like that. Can you I- just have people... Hunt down the bears. Then I mean, obviously, the... in more of a, a z- keeping it zany in kind of a wily e. coyote kind of way, like acme anvils and painting tunnels on the side of walls and things. Yeah, for my part, my notes for this section of the podcast was just the words "bigger bears," which I'm not quite sure how to decipher, but I'm going to assume what it is. Is you just have Bigger bears show up. Just everything they do to humans as bears, bigger bears show up and do it to them so that they learn a sense of empathy and realise the error of their ways. You know where these bigger bears come from? Where? The Bigger Bear Workshop. (laughs) Build a bigger bear. You walk in with your bear and they get out a bigger bear. 
So your suggestion is Crocodile Dundee, but with yeah. bears. You could call this a bear? No. This is a bear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bear Dundee. But, I mean, the I thing feel... with Honey Heist, though, is that it does have a system for this. Like, if you become too violent and bear-like, your character's basically out of the game because you've gone feral. Yeah, I mean, so, like... like... More seriously, you could just remind mm -hmm. them of this fact. I mean, it is Honey Heist. You are expecting a few bear rampages. Like, it's probably okay if your players, like, only rampage a little bit, because that is the premise of the game. Yeah, it's it's the balance between being a bear and being a master criminal. Which sounds ridiculous, but that's that's it. That's the premise of the game. <laughs> I, need to, I need to play this game at some point. It's very fun. So our last question comes from Causa, also by email. Dear pen and paper, I've tried all the good ways to keep my character alive for session one. And every time I play a new character, they end up going down and needing to do death saves. Do you have any suggestions for things I can do to keep the DM from killing my character? Have you considered welding chainmail to plate mail to create mega mail? Like if you, you could maybe put a gambeson underneath and just become like a a rolling orb of death who is untouchable. Also, probably fairly uncontrollable because your decks would be ridiculously damaged. I mean, but you'd be fucked. Yeah, like you don't need to be controlled. You just like make sure you're up a hill or stairs or slope or something to the enemies and have like the fighter push you. It's over, Anakin. <laughs> I have the high ground. Dun, 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 dun. Exactly. It's basically you get to play as a bowling ball. And who doesn't want to play as a bowling ball? But yes, my idea. So you have your first character who dies. Your second character is that character's ghost. Your third character is the ghost of that character's ghost. And your fourth character is the ghost of... And so forth and so forth. You just keep playing progressively more meta ghosts. So the ghost of the ghost, is that... Are they weaker than a, than a normal ghost? Or do they get like... Because a normal ghost has like some element of aging powers. Yeah. Like if you see the ghost, you could age. Does a meta ghost have like extra aging powers like, or something even worse? So like, or like reverse aging powers? You just see the ghost and turn <laughs> into a baby. Like the logical one is you just keep applying the templates so they keep getting new powers and like getting higher stats. But I do like the idea of just a meta ghost has the inverse powers of a normal ghost. And then, like, for a third level, instead of getting older or younger, you just, like, age into a different timeline. Yeah, you, just, you move sideways. Yeah. Maybe you just you change class. Like, this is the <laughs> timeline where you were a bard. At fourth level, you go up and transcend um, all human mortal concerns. I have an important question. Yes. If a meta-ghost's powers are the opposite of a regular ghost's powers. And a regular ghost can go through walls. Can a meta-ghost not go through doorways? 
Yeah, a meta ghost is like super tangible and cannot walk through anything. I love the idea of being super tangible, like you've just got this aura, like a shield wall that people can't get within five feet mm. of you. It's also super visible. So it's just like you just walk into a room and just it just is pushed up against your face, but like it also hasn't moved because it can't walk through the air. And then you're a baby. I've, I like the idea that it would be very easy to trap a meta ghost, though, because if it can't get through doorways, can you create a doorway by just hanging bead curtains across a room and just creates a wall of doorway? Like, yeah, I start to think super tangibility isn't that useful of a power. But, you know, at least you can turn people into babies. What's the sideways version of super tangibility? <laughs> that's, that's tricky. Maybe, like, people can pass through you. Maybe it's like the Ghostbusters version where, like, they can pass through you, but they get mm. coated in, like, ectoplasm. Maybe it's walls can pass through you. <laughs> it looks exactly the same, but at an atomic level, it's the reverse. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not intangible, it's just all objects have the ability to move through me. We're getting into men who stare at goats territory. I feel like there's the like I think like I don't want to know what the um fourth level transcendent version of intangibility is. Then you go diagonal. Hmm. And you can harm people but cannot be perceived. You harm them in ways that they they can't even notice. Like I'm just picturing like you hit you hit some of your ghost attack and it seems like nothing happens. And then they get home and they've got an IRS audit and their partner's cheated on them. Like Exactly. They can't, like they can't metaphysical damage. They can't ever prove it. He puns them so hard, they stop believing in God. <laughs> They can't prove it's not a coincidence, but... <laughs> but because you can't be perceived, they'll never know. You just become, like, the spirit of bad luck. So, to answer your question, play a ghost, triple ghost bowling ball that makes people atheists when it hits them. I feel we've solved this. Yeah. So... That's everything. <laughs> I'm losing it here. That's everything that we've got for today. Um, if you have a question, you can send it to us on Tumblr and let us know that it's for the podcast, or you can email probablybadpodcast at gmail.com. I want to thank Nick Blake for editing and doing the music. If you want to support the show, you can head to patreon.com slash probablybadrpgideas. Um, to get access to patron bonuses such as bonus episodes and homebrew content or for a one-time donation you can go to ko-fi.com slash probably bad rpg ideas um if you don't want to give us money for some reason I, I can't really blame you it's 2020 no one has any money um you can support us by leaving a rating or review on your podcatcher not podcaster of choice and remember, and remember to have, to have a, probably a probably bad, bad day, day.